Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Creator Crush, the show where we like to talk to creative people who do amazing things and dig into their brains about why they love it, what got them into it, and all that stuff. You're joined with your host, Stephen Smash, and the creators of Tanzia, Jason Jacobitz and Matthias Kinderman. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. These guys are the creators of Tanzia, an old school RPG, or old style RPG made with modern tech set in a unique world. Uh, Tanzia combines elements of favorite classic action-adventure RPGs in an open 3D world full of magic and giant freaking bees. It's available today <laughs> on Steam and Nintendo Switch. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I, I may have added the, the bees part. I was about to say, hey I didn't write that. <laughs> I, I may have I may have added that. <laughs> so Jason and uh, Matthias, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna let you guys introduce yourselves to some degree so we can get used to hearing your wonderful voices and knowing who's who and uh, and tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're doing. Start with Jason. Uh, I'll call it Jason okay. first. Yeah, I, <laughs> um yeah, I I'm I created Tanzia and uh, I do uh, most of the programming. I do uh, most of the design, and I I wrote the story. Wow, that's awesome! Nice. <laughs> and Matthias, hey guys, I, I'm Matthias. I do PR mostly. I also help with a little bit of design and and <laughs> production, and also testing a lot of testing. <laughs> that's and awesome. And you have an ox- awesome accent. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like that's the point. Yeah, I feel like you get you definitely get points for that on this show. Um, <laughs> sorry, Jason, uh, but no, <laughs> give it a few minutes. All right, I'll let it, let it work in. So you it's guys, you guys are are the two. Are you guys the two sole developers behind Tanzia? Because everywhere I look, it seems like it's just you two guys building this amazing game. Well, we we uh, yeah we collaborated with some other folks, but um, we're the only two who um, are full time. Yeah, so we like um, <clears throat> we have uh, just recently we worked with uh, uh, an animator to redo some of the uh, some of the monster animations because um, neither one of us is an animator. But yeah, mostly it's just the two of us. That's that blows my mind. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> Anytime I see these games that are being made by like really small teams, some just like one person behind these huge hits, it's it's incredible to me because it takes so many different brains, you know, to to get a game off the ground. What what kind of challenges do you guys face just being the two of you? Is there time constraints, or um, is it just you just plowing through it, trying to make it up as you go? Well, I think the biggest challenge actually has been uh, the negatives of what you're talking about, you know, is just that um, these days one or two guys can make a big game. And I think Unity had a lot to do with that. And then, uh, you know, Unity came along and then the Unreal Engine kind of just copied Unity, right? They're like, oh, shoot, they're, they're eating our lunch. Like, <laughs> So between the two of those engines now, uh, they've lowered the bar so much. The, the barrier to entry is so much lower. So our biggest challenge has been... Um, you know, hey, Tanzia, everybody, look at us, you know, over here. There's, there's just so many, there's so much competition, and uh, it makes it tough. The biggest challenge has been um, marketing and getting the game out there. Yeah. yeah, trying to get the word out, that's really hard. Do you have to wear costumes for that, or? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Maybe that's our next Dragon Con smash, as we dress as characters from Tanzia. Like the little loincloth feathers. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll I'll switch gears. That's a pretty intense. 
<laughs> like a speedo with some feathers on the side. You good? <laughs> right on. So, is this the the first game either of you guys made, or have you worked your way up like through other companies doing work for other people? Um, well, we've we've both worked in games a bit uh, in the past. So, I've actually, my whole career has been in games. Uh, Matias has been in. Uh, he was in tech uh, of some kind before, and then uh, he did. He got into indie games before Tanzia. So, I think Tanzia is actually his second indie game. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Matias should talk, but he's <laughs> quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I did my... If if Tansia is indie, my, my games are like the lowest form of indie games. <laughs> it's, it's like Pixel One was, was like the, the, the first game I made with a, with a partner. It's like the, the smallest game in comparison with, with Tansia. It's like a pixel art game, like an arcade game. No, nothing to, to do with this. This game is huge compared to that. I wouldn't sell yourself short, though. Pixel art games are, are huge right now. I mean, even yeah. even the simple ones can take off. Well, so, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you got you got try number two with Tanzia, so that's that's working out <laughs> yeah. for you. Um, so I think one of the things we like to to do on Creator Crush is really find out, you know, what what drove you into this industry in the first place, and really bred your your desire to make games. And just starting with Jason, like, where how far back does your desire to make games go? I don't know. I mean, um, I guess you know. I, I in hindsight, like I think when I was a kid, it, it should have been obvious, you know. But um, I didn't really get into it until I was uh, in college, my senior year of um, college. I was an accounting major. Oh my and god! I, I really hated it. I really, really. There was a point actually. There was a. I remember there was a specific turning point where there were there was some jobs fair coming up and. Um, some of the the big the top accounting firms were going to be there um, recruiting, you know, like interns. And two two of the girls in one of my accounting cl- classes, they were talking about it, and they were just giddy. Uh, and it was like it's like this it's accounting, like nobody does this on purpose. What are you guys excited? <laughs> and, uh, they were so excited. They're like, "Oh my god, this is it! Well, you know, we made it!" And I'm like, "It was our senior year, so I mean, I had less than a, I had a little over a semester to finish." to get to my degree and uh, i just i these girls were talking about it. they were so excited and i'm like you know what i'm dropping out tomorrow oh my God. <laughs> and i i did and then i i started working on a game with a friend of mine and um i never went back to accounting i just i i literally had a, a little over a semester and i just thought you know what the i'm never gonna want to use this degree i don't <laughs> care about it i just want to leave right now so i i from there i got a I started working on a, a, a game with a friend of mine. Um, it's called Arcanity, and um, I had been programming for since I was ten oh, on wow. the Commodore sixty four uh, th- with the same friend. Actually, we used to do it for for fun. Summer breaks, we would program on the Commodore sixty four. I think you'll find a lot of programmers did that. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, like as like I said, I should have known, you know, when I was a kid, what I wanted to do. But for some reason, it didn't click until that that one fateful day in that accounting class. It took accounting. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it took. You had to do the wrong thing to figure out I what the right the wrong thing was. Thing to do. Yeah, exactly. So from there, I, uh, I, um, the game that we worked on, it, you know, it, it never made it, but I used what we did as, um, as a, like a resume, basically, and it got me into Activision. My oh, first oh, nice. Was at a, a studio called Treyarch uh, with Activision, and. Um, 
from there I went to uh, a place called uh, Sigil. I worked on Vanguard Saga of Heroes, and then I went to uh, Sony. I worked on EverQuest uh, for several years, and then I went to a little company called In Exile, and I ended up um, I was the lead software engineer on Wasteland Two. I don't know if you guys saw Wasteland Two. Um, it was a little indie company, but they they broke some Kickstarter records. Um, they raised like almost three million dollars for Wasteland Two on Kickstarter. And this was when Kickstarter was just kind of uh, well getting started, I guess. It was so that was it, like it made national news when they raised that amount of money. Uh, and after Wasteland, I worked on another game there called Torment, and I had that accounting feeling, and I, I left. <laughs> Torment. <laughs> Torment wasn't as much fun for me as uh, as Wasteland was, so, so I took off. I, I started on Tanzia, and I found Matthias pretty soon after that. So. That's yeah. amazing. So it's it's not just the accounting; it's just the boredom. Like as soon as you approach <laughs> the so. the boredom or, or lack of passion for the project, well, it's synonymous accounting and boredom. Yeah, yeah, it was, he, yeah. the same thing when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> like what? That that makes sense. It's it's funny. Uh, some of your story reflects my own about you know not no not going into something like I should do this and then being like, why am I doing this? I've had a hobby for fifteen years that I could make yeah, a career right. of. Yeah. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Well, no, that's I love doing this, that, and the other thing, and I'm gonna go do something totally unrelated to any of those. <laughs> right, because <laughs> it's the safe job or whatever. Maybe yeah. we just don't see it as a, a potential outlet. Like I like doing this, therefore it's not a job. What what am I doing? That's how, so cool. how did you decide that you were gonna go into accounting out of curiosity? <laughs> oh, that was almost a coin toss. I mean <laughs> the 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 university sent me a letter. I think I was three years there, and the university sent me a letter and said, please pick a major. You've been here for three years. And uh, they, you know, they, they started playing the, the, like, the Oscars wrap it up music, basically, you know? <laughs> <laughs> wrap it up, Jacobitz. And um, so I'm like, oh, well, shoot, I, this sucks. Yeah, I guess it's already been three years. I guess I'm supposed to pick something. And I was just looking at it. I'm like, I don't know what the heck I want to do. And you know, what, like, where can I make money? Where, you know, I was looking for something that, like you said, like stable, right? Like what's a stable. And I thought like, I narrowed it down to like, this is going to sound nuts, but I, I had it narrowed down to like forensics <laughs> and accounting. Oh my and God. Just, you I chose like, so poorly. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, whatever accounting, I guess. <laughs> so, I mean, again, hindsight, I mean, I should have known that that wasn't going to work. Right. Just like based on the, <laughs> this isn't gonna stick. <laughs> that's numbers are dead people. <laughs> that's that's yeah something like that. I know Ashley has a, a definite hatred for numbers of all kinds. Yeah, small ones, big ones, anything in between. They're just bad. Anything with a comma, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so Matthias, where do you? Where does your story start, man? Where do you come from? <laughs> I'm from Argentina originally, and uh, I used to love games when I was a kid. Uh, I used to play the um, uh, the Atari 2600. I used to play Pitfall all the time, and and that got me got me into it. I I, I was designing levels uh, on paper all the oh, time, wow. and I would have like binders full of levels for Pitfall. And I don't know. I, I never got into making games because I didn't know you could do it. It was like magic to me. <laughs> And um, uh, then one day when Game Maker came out, we, we got together with a friend and we made 
Pixelman. That, that's the, that was the game we started with, and and I don't know. I, I loved it. I, I I thought it was like that. Like like Jason said, it's it's like it doesn't feel like work, and, and it feels wrong. <laughs> but it's what, <laughs> what I like to do. That's it. Feels wrong, but I like yeah. to do it. That's the, yeah. that's their tagline now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, both of our families are German, so it's like for for my family, it's like a job. It's a job where you're like in an office and and you have to wear like a suit and 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 do a bunch of things. And and that they they, they still don't believe that I work. Actually, They're like, <laughs> what are you doing all day on the computer? I'm working. No, what? No, you have to go to a place to work. You can be working. There's not a lot of German stand-up comics, are there? Uh, no, I think, I think not. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, like in today's today's environment, like it's more common to have, you know, you're working from your house or from wherever. But it's still like even me mentally when I work from home, I'm like, what am I doing? Someone's going to think I'm missing. How is this going to work? They don't believe me, you know, but it's so many people are remote. That's That's great. Steven's been struggling with that lately. He's he's having to <laughs> currently just now. He I heard himself talking himself into staying home to work. <laughs> it's a good time. It's a good time. Do you guys ever have to deal with distraction when you're your own boss, like and and actually getting things done, or are you guys pretty good at at motivating yourselves? I have a four year old and a six year old. So oh. don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so distracted. Yeah, got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, honestly, they were a big part of the reason why I uh, I wanted to work from home. Uh, I don't know. You guys don't have kids yet. I'm thinking, but um, Steven. Ashley, maybe Ashley soon. Maybe huh? Soon? <laughs> don't don't. Didn't you just her. didn't you just get married? Yes. When's the big <laughs> announcement? She can't have children. We're just you're gonna... the one who made the bees. I understand this now. <laughs> I've, what? I've, just uh... Kids, are, you know what? You will never regret it. You have. You have kids. She has a wonderful yeah. nephew in in my my son, who's three and a half. So I'm I'm feeling where you, where you're at on the wanting to stay from home because it's fun to experience. Oh, you do today. have kids. Yes, yes. Stephen has. I have a Stephen kid. has my best friend. Kid. Yeah, Ashley's Ashley's playmate. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know about your kids, but mine when I was when they were like two or three ish, like I'd say like two ish, I would leave to work for the day, and they were like they'd like grab onto your legs like. You know, like cartoon cat, time to take a bath style. You know, they like grab onto your legs. Please don't go. Don't just stay home a little longer. And they'd be crying. It was it was heartbreaking. And then you got to go to work and sit there and focus on whatever you're supposed to focus on in your cubicle for nine hours. And at the end of the day, you come home. And, oh, it's, it was awful. Yeah, I really, I really hated that. They were half the reason I just wanted to to work from home. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's definitely I'm feeling where you're coming from there cuz I do enjoy being home and and getting to see him, you know, and he's at an age where he can entertain himself a lot. So, it's a lot less so it's it's a lot less just constantly on me. It's like daddy's working, he's like, "Okay, I'm going to go play a Play-Doh." Yeah, mine are, <laughs> mine are getting there too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. You're like, "I don't need you." You're like, "But you have to need me a little." That's yeah, that's the right. thing. Yeah. So, we're both you I mean, guys You give him you give him Play-Doh, you you know, you let him play in a room for you know, 10 hours, and then um, you come back and everything is fine. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, of course. Everything's <laughs> great. Me or your kids? There's no mess. <laughs> We're talking about you and my kid. If I leave you guys alone together, it's a, it's a disaster. 
So um, were you guys both working, uh, like, I, I want to say, quote, unquote, real jobs when you started Tanzia and then kind of shifted to full time? Are you both still working, you know, real jobs or are you full 100 percent into Tanzia and building that hey, every day? Play. Yeah. I uh, know we're both full time on Tanzia every day. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Congratulations on being able to to do that. That's that's huge. Oh, we, we didn't say anything about being able to. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's the next trick, kids. If you're listening, the game developers, it's tough. It's tough decisions, sacrifices, man. <laughs> we're getting there. We're, we're we're trying. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm, hey, it's it's looking really good on the Switch. So, like, hey, anybody out there that hasn't played it yet, you should pick it up, myself included, because I watched Ashley stream it. I'm like, oh I need to gosh. play this. If you could tell about 500,000 of your friends, we'd really appreciate it. You know, like family, like close friends. Just spread the word a little bit. <laughs> Definitely. Huge help to us. I don't even remember how I, I found out about you guys. Like, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember how I met you. I know it was through Twitter, but I don't. I, I think I sent you a, a tweet. Okay, okay. At the end one day. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Because I'm just like a cat in the wind and I meet people. That, that yes, cats. That's, that's a, a terrible analogy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that was like one and a half, more than a year ago, right? Oh yeah, Maybe it was a while two ago. years ago. Yeah. Yeah, because we were in the Jacob and I were still in the the old place. We hadn't bought the house yet, so because mm. that was when I had the nice little green curtain behind me, and I looked like my head was in Tanzia world. <laughs> oh, I think I remembered that. That was cool. Yeah, you were a pro. You yeah. were like a, you were a daily streamer back then. I just remember the um, um, Murray. Am I saying that right? Murray, the, yeah. the village that you. I remember you guys were watching while I was streaming, and you're like, you let you. It was like watching your kid, right? You you let me fail a few <laughs> times before giving me a hint, <laughs> and then it was so satisfying to go in and just devastate all of them and take their little pouches of gold and be like, take that, jerk. And then there were the bees. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You you liked the bees. I re I remember that. That was <laughs> distinctly hardcore bee phobia. Like like I have chill bumps now just thinking about it. But the, the buzzing <laughs> in my ears was so realistic that my I kind of feel like I want to puke thinking about it now. <laughs> it's funny, yeah, but you're not the first person who who's mentioned that the bees creeped them out. Oh, about the the buzzing or something, I don't know. Just the, I think yeah, I think it's the sound, the yeah, sound of the bees. Yeah, the, and the way they fly with their their stingers, just like I am going to poke a hole through your head, and you're going to have lots of fun and die. <laughs> a little scary. So, <laughs> you so, talk about kittens now. So speaking, I, I actually have this question. Speaking of uh, of Twitch streamers, like there, it's it's a fairly recent development that you can watch somebody play your game right out of the gate and see what they think. Is that is that fun for you or intimidating? Uh, depends who's playing. <laughs> yeah. So if you've got like if it's if it's a sarcastic dude sitting there who's like, oh, I wanna hate everything today, it's yeah. a little bit more intense. Oh is it sarcastic? Is that what we're calling we're gonna be nice and call it sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, I try not to alienate anyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, there there are some people who just I think they feel that to be a good critic, you have to be critical. You know, and, and uh I, I there's other people who are super positive and I don't know that you get anything useful out of either one. Honestly. 
But the super positive people make you feel better, I gotta say. I told you I hated the bees. That was critical. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we've left them in this long. Ah. <laughs> it was all for you. I guess it got an emotion out of you, which is the the goal, right? <laughs> Where I curled up on the floor and cried. <laughs> yeah, I wanted you to feel that way. Nailed it. Yeah, that's that the moment. <laughs> keeping that monster forever that's the one yeah. yeah we almost we almost replaced the skeleton king with the bee king after that <laughs> i'm waiting for that expansion uh to the game <laughs> the bee king it's a nightmare world where it's just the spiders and the bees so how did you guys actually meet uh Mat- matthias uh has written some articles on uh on game dev indie game dev uh, if you Google his name, you'll probably find some of them. And I, when I was uh, pretty early on, I was looking into like uh, social media management, you know, and and like how just how to how to reach out uh, to YouTubers and folks like Ashley actually, and and um, get them to play the game. And I, there was a an article that Matthias had written on, I don't know, on one of the like game dev you know sites and the Gama Sutra or something. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm the, I think that was it. That right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I contacted him and, um, you know, I started asking him questions like, how do I do this? How do I do that? And then, you know, I think after a while he just like got sick of answering all my questions. <laughs> like, dude, just let me do it. <laughs> just, just hire me. Give me money and I'll fix it for you. No, that's pretty good. I'm glad you, you mentioned, uh, Gama Sutra cause I was, I was researching both of you. Uh, I'm trying to make that sound as creepy as I possibly can. Uh, but, you know, to prepare. and uh, Predator.gov. Yeah. <laughs> right. Science <laughs> so, and Jason are on here. Crazy. This is great. Uh, no, so we, in Googling for Matthias, I found uh, his a blog post about the, the streamers and YouTubers, and you're, you had a very fantastic warning about getting fished. Um, yeah. How how did that actually affect the way you promoted going forward? And if you if you want to explain a little bit about what happened, that would be great too for people listening. Yeah. Well, I started getting like emails from people saying, "Hey, I'm a I'm a I'm this German YouTuber, and I have one million subscribers, and I want to play your game. Give me a key." And and at first I was like, oh, "Wow, this is amazing!" I did, that was it was three years ago. And uh, this is incredible. Uh, here, there, here's a key. And and then I, I was looking at the at the at their channels and everything, and they didn't have any any kind of contact information or anything. So I started to send DMs to people and and try to contact them some some way. And I found out that that I don't know nine out of ten of those requests for were all fake. So I started to change everything. Every request I get, I try to either get the real email or to contact them on on Twitter, on their on their uh, Twitch channels, or or YouTube itself with the with the DMs you can send there or anything. I don't send any kind of uh, key to anyone that I, I cannot verify. So I had to do is super time consuming because otherwise you just send the keys. But I have to check on every single person there is, because I know that most people are just trying to 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 get a key for free, right? Yeah. That's shocking. Like I would have never. Like why? Why would you do that? On launch day, we can get I don't know maybe thirty, forty fake requests for keys. Holy or crap! Maybe every single day. And I have to check them all. 
That's amazing. Like I, I just people are a holes. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's really shocking because you like you like you said that, it, and it really takes the wind out of your sails uh, when it comes yeah. to to being excited about your game, and then you find out, oh well, all these people are just fake. You yeah. know, but uh, but I'm I'm impressed not only that you pushed through that and made a new system, but that you shared it uh, with the rest of the community um, to let them know. Yeah. 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 I want them to know. I want them to to. I want people to to just not give gifts to anyone, and and so for that for the these fake accounts to stop. I, I think it's even it's not that that many people. It's just like I don't know, maybe a hundred guys sending different emails from different accounts telling telling you the same thing. So it's not that many people doing it, but I know because I I I, I see similar things on on the emails and everything, so I know that they are they, they are the same person. But maybe they I think that what they do is to they they sell the keys if they get more, uh-huh. uh, they sell them on on those websites where you can uh, I don't remember the names now, but there there are a bunch of websites where you can sell the keys. For the Switch and for Steam and everything, so I think they 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 keep one and sell the rest. That's so jacked. I was about to ask what would they do with multiple keys, but that's yeah. like <laughs> like who would sit around and go, you know what I'm gonna do today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because make it go steal from people and make money off of their steal hard work. People, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are people that sit around and say, that's what I'm going to do with my life is it's steal from folks. It's just yeah, to me, it's it's so much more painful when it's an indie dev because like we already know, like, I mean, a lot of people have watched Indie Game the movie. I don't know if you you remember or have, have seen it, but it was the documenting yeah, yeah. the Team Meat guys and Phil Fish uh, who made uh, Fez. So Super Meat Boy and Fez kind of followed those two developers and like one other guy. I think it's a dude that made Braid. Um, but just the pain and anguish that goes into indie development. Did you, so speaking of, of pain and setbacks and frustrations, um, did you guys have any of that building Tansia or has it, has it been a labor of love and you've enjoyed it, you know, the vast majority of the time? Are you guys familiar with the Nintendo Switch? I, I love that little console. I've actually streamed several games on the Switch. It's great. Now tell me how you feel. We both love it too, actually. As as a consumer, I'm I'm really excited about the Switch. I haven't been excited about a, a home console in I don't know forever. I mean, since I was in college or something. And the Switch is just amazing. I mean, the lineup of Switch games just looks so cool. I'm like, Pokemon, let's go! Like, what am I gonna do with with all these games? I don't have enough time to play them all. The new <laughs> Mega Man and Dragon Quest. But uh, yeah, as a developer, it uh, it's Switch has been rough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it, I mean, it delayed you from from it delayed us a lot yeah, yeah i remember we, i remember yeah we were kind of surprised to get to get approved uh and they approved us like immediately it, it was like so that you we uh you know we ended up talking to one of the executives first and um he kind of screened the game and said you know i have some concerns but you know i like what i see and um send us like a full um like proposal kind of a thing you know and and um so we put together this doc, and and it, t- it was time consuming, you know. I mean, it's Nintendo, like you know. I spent a week just trying to make the the game look as good as possible in this in this pitch doc, basically. And and I sent it to them, and they approved it. Like it was like twenty four hours or something. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, we really like it. And um, I mean, it was really ge- geared at Nintendo, the pitch doc. 
Um, and uh, yeah, so we we you know we we're it's like cool. We're Nintendo devs. What are we going to do? And all the back then, I mean, all the the indie news was all that you know indie games are just going nuts on the Switch. You know, people are like, you know. I I released my game on Switch and made a billion dollars, you know. And, <laughs> I mean, it was like gold rush, right? So, <clears throat> yeah, and um, uh, Steam was, the news for Steam was the opposite. You know, people were releasing their game and saying, I released my game and nothing happened, basically. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, I mean, we, you know, we we saw that and we made the decision to um you know let's focus on switch let's let's get a switch build as soon as possible and um it took uh months just to get a dev kit um back then it, i mean this was last year middle of last year and it was it was really hard to buy a switch in the store like they didn't have enough hardware like nintendo style you know yeah of course and, uh, yeah it's pretty typical yeah but you wouldn't think as a dev, you yeah, it was the same for devs. You couldn't get a dev kit either. Um, so uh, we, uh, after a couple of months, we finally got a dev kit, and um, it took several more months to um, optimize the game uh, for Switch because the you know it's a lot smaller. The hardware is not the hardware for the PC is over, so overpowered for Tanzia that I had cut a lot of corners. I had cut a lot of corners. I'm just gonna come out and say it. You know? <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, it was months of optimization. And um, porting, and then um, when we just about when we thought we were done towards the end of the year, um, we realized that we we weren't done at all, and we we had to it, it, that that began like months of QA and iteration where we thought the game was done, and then you play it, and you what if I do this, that, and the other thing, and I do it all out of order, you know, and it's like oh well then you're game explodes or whatever <laughs> so yeah it's just like crazy stuff that you just never anticipate you know like matthias sending me these bugs like if i climb on this thing and then i hold this button and i jump off that thing then you know the screen turns green or whatever i'm like why are you climbing on that thing this button and jumping off that thing in the first place you know he's good QA, That's not, you're just playing the game wrong you know <laughs> because eight-year-olds yeah what you, need. you need you need the team of qe people to just run into the same wall 75 times but doing barrel rolls yeah, the seventy-sixth time I passed through the wall. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> all the beams. Why didn't you stop after like three times? Yeah. So that's what Matthias did for several months, and every day he would send me new bugs, and every day I would fix them, send them back. You know, he'd send me ten bugs. I'd I'd send all ten back, say, okay, these are fixed, and he'd send nine back again and say, no, <laughs> all these ones aren't fixed. And it's just these these nine are not fixed, and I found a new one. You know, and it's like, oh shoot, I'm back to ten again. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. So it took way longer than we thought to get it on the Switch. And um, I mean, honestly, like it wasn't all just QA and bug fixing. Like there was a lot of like polish uh, in there and uh, just iteration that will, I think, greatly benefit all versions uh, in the future. So and I mean, the, the optimization, too, is going to make it so we can, we can probably release on tablets if we want to at this point. Ooh. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, we run at 60 frames a second on the Nintendo Switch, which is like the, the QA guys at Nintendo. Uh, you, you have to do this final QA. They call it lot check with, with them. They have this lot check process. And and their lot check guys were like, uh, wow, you know, this is uh, this thing's running at 60 frames a second. Like we're not seeing a lot of 3D games running at 60 frames a second. We were, we were really impressed with the performance. And, so that's cool. I mean, you know, it wasn't months of wasted time, but 
I feel like you sat back in your chair and went, damn, Skippy. (laughs) (laughs) For a few seconds, yeah. And then I realized I still had a whole bunch of bugs to fix. (laughs) That had to feel pretty cool, though, like emailing Nintendo or sending Nintendo your game. Like, Nintendo. Like, they they are games. That's that's massive. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, you know, Matias said, like, it was, you know, we're both huge Nintendo fans. And since childhood, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's Nintendo. What yeah. else is there to say? It's Nintendo. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like your heroes, man. They, yeah, they, they're absolutely. crazy. No, that's that's super cool, and that actually sheds a lot of light on on some of the the things. Was there ever a point, like when you were developing it, that you just straight up wanted to put it down and go, "I'm never coming back to this. I'm Set done." On fire. I mean, never, never in earnest. I mean, I've I've had that <laughs> feeling many times. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, just about a half an hour ago when this interview started, actually. Like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if I have to totally keep to talking to people like this, I'm quitting tomorrow. <laughs> no, no. No, actually, actually this kept is, bothering me. This is one of the more fun things we get to do, actually. Yeah, no, you I mean, get I'm, to talk to talk about it people are pe- to people who already like you. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we did until, you know, that comment. I know, right? <laughs> that, is, that is that. Oh, man. Matthias is over there going, like, how am I supposed to do the PR if you keep scaring people off, you know? <laughs> That's So what is the approach for, like, for PR, Matthias, when you're yeah. when you're looking at an indie game and you're literally starting from ground zero in a lot of cases? Like, how do you get traction? Keep chasing away from a microphone, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> no, you just have to to speak to everyone to just to, to, to talk to everyone you have to find when when i when i saw that the people were trying to scam scam us with with kiss yeah uh, i just went ahead and 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 spoke to people directly I, I went to people instead of waiting for them to talk to me i i started to look for channels for youtube channels and twitch channels and everything that's how i found smashy I, I went to her channel, I saw it, I found her email and, and contacted her. And, and that, that's the thing. You have to talk to everyone. If you don't, you don't have a budget, you just have to talk to people and, and try to get them to play the game and, and to talk about the game and, and everything you can for no money. <laughs> <laughs> so you just run out there and start shaking hands and hope. Yeah, for, <laughs> holding yeah. babies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, shaking babies and kissing hands. Trying to make it happen. That's like one step away from going, I'm a professional stalker. I teach class on Tuesdays. You're good at it. <laughs> no, that's that's really cool, though. And it seems to have worked because you found a, a lot of cool people. And I mean, there had to be like, was there a certain ratio of people where you're like, you tell them about the game and they think, okay, this looks cool versus like that one person that you tell them about the game. They're like, this is awesome. I'm going to stream it. And now I'm going to tell people about it. Like, is there a cat, like a level of person you're just, you're after? Like I need that engaged human. Well, you never know when you talk to people, mm-hmm. you, you never know what you're going to get. Some people are get super excited, especially the, 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 the small streamers. When you talk to a person with, I don't know, 100,000 followers or a million yeah. followers, they don't care. They're like, just give me the game and I might play it. Uh, I don't care. Oh but, Celebrities. But when you, yeah, you talk to someone with, I don't know, Added a thousand of games. followers. That is like, what? You're talking to me? You're a developer and you're, you're, you're talking to me? What? And they get super happy and they want to play yes. it and they want to <laughs> support it. So they, we, we try to start from the bottom and, and try to, to go up from there. 
But Did you just insult me live on my own podcast? <laughs> no, I was going to no, no, no. yeah, I, I, I don't say that's a bad thing. We we love the small streamers. Uh, we, yeah. we 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 had more fun watching some streams with, with I don't know two people watching it than some some streams with I don't know a thousand people. know yeah, uh, some 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 guys, you're fun to watch, and yeah. some people are just not fun at all. You Mesh, just watch them. Was one of our just screaming. Then. She's not one of the biggest ones. I mean, she's a you know she's a relatively small stream, but it was definitely one of our favorites. And yeah, I would say I'd say all of our all of our favorites were smaller streamers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and to be fair, like when when I look for streamers, that's what I'm looking for as far as community goes, because the engagement levels higher. Yeah. The weird thing is that like some of the biggest streamers are like, yeah, this guy's not nearly as entertaining as you know Smashy or 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 Capital Vices or whoever. You know, some of our favorite. Streamers like how how does this guy have like two hundred thousand views per video and it's crazy. Right. Yeah. Who are some of your your favorite people that you've enjoyed engaging with, stream wise? So there's a there's a stream called um, there's a guy called uh, Taylor at a uh, Capital Vices is what his uh, C I think he's on Twitch he's a uh, CVT TV, and uh, yeah that guy is awesome. Taylor is I'm so good. <laughs> he looks so professional. It's crazy. He got this big crazy mic boom, and he's got the blue screen going like you used to have. You know where he? Uh, it's so good. And then um, Arbitrarium. Have you heard of Arbitrarium? Yeah. I haven't, but I'm writing these <laughs> down because because I'm always like I I sit on a computer all day at work, so I I put on somebody to listen to, and it's a lot of times it's a guy with seventeen thousand viewers, but he's super positive and great, but like no engagement really because his community's so huge. So I'm always looking for these smaller ones. So I am writing these down, and I'm unashamedly I mean, doing so. Yeah, it's like Arbitrarium. She so she's got a website called the. Uh, a girl with a pretty keyboard, I think. Is what the yeah, I think that's it. And she like she's so pro; it's crazy. Like she, you, we give her a key, and next thing you know, she's doing these like full, like full of full walkthroughs, level by level. Oh, wow. And they're like so professional looking. She's like, and you know, here we are in the village, and it was it's so good. I mean, yeah. I, it's good. Like I said, there's some of the smaller streamers. It's it's just amazing. You're going like, how do they have a smaller following than that boring guy? You know, it's. <laughs> but uh, Smashy was one of the favorites more because she's just like random and super entertaining. <laughs> yeah, that's um, how I Taylor define her was, as well. <laughs> Taylor was like just super pro and like I don't know. He's just he's got such a good like he's got a radio voice. You know, he's he's. Arbitrarium is like Arbitrarium's kind of you know not. Like not super goofy, not not super funny, but like entertaining just because she's so um I don't know, you just you gotta you gotta watch them. I would yeah. take a look at those those three. If you've never seen Smashy, she's good too. Go ahead and write that one. <laughs> <laughs> if we can I get actually, her to stream, we we she I tried today. To today I wanted to stream Tanzia earlier today, but uh Jacob was at, at work and I uh, texted him like, so the computer won't come on. He's like, don't touch it. Don't look at it. I'll fix it when I get home. We don't let Ashley touch mechanical or technical things in the house because every time she breathes on them, they explode. So. Yeah. And then he comes in. He's like, yeah, it was the motherboard. And I'm like, wait, how do I fix that? It's just like. <laughs> she's like the she's like the main character from the the Dresden Files. Yes, <laughs> I used to watch that on Sci-Fi before Sci-Fi changed their name to Swifi. <laughs> <laughs> Swifi. I was so annoyed. I'm like, I'm 
you know, 25 and yelling about change because <laughs> 25-year-old. I remember when sci-fi was sci-fi. <laughs> sci-fi. I don't even, I don't watch cable now, but. I remember when, I remember when MTV used to play music videos. <laughs> oh, jeez. I do remember that. It was great. That Ariana Grande person with the hair and Ariana the Rio Grande, whatever her name is. <laughs> when I was a kid, MTV was all music videos, like twenty four seven. We have we've definitely like gone downhill. That's for sure. I always assume people are my age because I think that's just what people do. Yeah, on the internet, everybody's yeah. your age by and default. You sounds like mine and Steve's age. And I really want to say, hey, how old are you? But Don't I was told that. that that's rude. I've been 29 for 11 years. So. <laughs> that sounds so you good. Are my <laughs> you're like younger than me. Once you pass 25, you're basically the same age as everybody until you turn 60, right? Yeah, like, I think that's right. You're all kind of. I've worked with people in large spans of age, but we all address each other as if we're the same. There's really no difference. I'm That's at an correct. age now where you're either, I look at you, I'm like, you're either somewhere between 25 or 70. Not really sure. <laughs> I feel like that's a fairly, like, if you're going to talk politics to somebody in that age range, you're going to get vetted different answers. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to pivot away from that as quickly as we can. Uh, so Tanzia has a, a huge, it seems to me to be a huge influence from Warcraft, at least from an inner, uh, from an interface perspective. Um, was that like a, a big design decision for you when you started working on it? Or did, did you just, were you a WoW player, I guess is a good question. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, actually EverQuest was my first MMO. That's right. Yeah, you said that yeah, at the beginning. And I'm just yeah, saying. I was heavily into EverQuest. Uh, that, that probably largely factored into my decision to, uh, leave school. <laughs> <laughs> good move. Yeah, what I was like, yeah, he was failing his classes. I was not. That is a, <laughs> that is a lie. You've been spreading that lie. No, I, I, um, I was actually doing doing pretty okay. Uh, I just, um, I just really hated it, and I think EverQuest helped me um, find what I wanted to do. I yeah. feel like that needs to be one of those motivational posters, like on the the black with the <laughs> white text. EQ helped me find myself. Oh, yeah. Can that be a thing? Yeah, you could have like a picture of like an an overweight middle aged guy, like with <laughs> like this food all over his shirt. Cheeto dust. Yes, Cheeto <laughs> dust. There you go. It's that dude from the Cheeto Wow episode of a, the Wow episode of South Park would. Oh you God, know, yes. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's the guy. That's what you want. <laughs> no, that's super cool. I yeah. mean, I, yeah, no, I wanted to build worlds. Like EverQuest made me realize, like, I want to build worlds. That's what I wanted to do. How did you come up with the crab? quest like how how do the quests evolve like and we're back technical difficulties but here we are so crabs and crabs <laughs> <laughs> i was i was asking the guys how they um well jason i guess how like how did the quests kind of evolve like how did that story evolve did it was it like steven does and you sit down and you plot out everything very organized or was it La 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 crabs action. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it was uh it was very iterative, you know, like um the first thing that I focused on was the environments. I wanted the game to have this feel where you kind of like miss the environments when you log out, you know, like 
this uh, I want it to be good for exploration. We get into a new area, like it's cool just to see the lagoon for yes. the first time, you know. Yes. And that's part of why the some people criticize the music. A lot, a lot of people get it, but we've gotten that's some criticism like for. Music. Well, a couple of people actually said like, "Oh, the music is awful and cheesy." Those people are just like total outliers. Okay, there's that's just a handful of people. Literally, almost everybody inside. I think unanimously loves the music, except for like the first three reviewers on Metacritic for some <laughs> insane reason. Huh. Is, yeah, uh, I don't know what that's about. But um, some people have criticized though that there's not more of it. That it, it just so the music just plays when you hit a new area, and that you know that was on purpose. It's supposed to like it's supposed to help define the feel of that area. So when you first get to the um, like Turtle Beach, you first get to Turtle Beach, and the music that plays there is supposed to be very um, like well beachy and like adventury. Like you've discovered this new area, and it's like wow, there's you know up until that point your view is really confined because you're kind of in this little jungle valley. And when you get to Turtle Beach for the first time, it opens up and you can see the horizon and you're not, your view isn't confined anymore. And the music is supposed to match that. And the music kind of says like, my view is no longer confined. <laughs> you know, constrained. Yeah, I can see the horizon. I don't know how I don't word that better, but the music is supposed to fit that feeling. So I started just building these, um, environments that were you know supposed to have give you strong feels i don't know how else to say it. i mean i feel like you kind of just blew my mind because i never realized what was going on with the music <laughs> yeah it's, every time you reach a new area it's supposed to help lend to the feel of that area yeah. the, lagoon, too, I think. the lagoon is a good another good spot because it's supposed to feel like this secret pocket yeah. you know this like secret really like kind mystical of mystical pita yeah, like <laughs> mystical, magical area that you found, you know, with like a glowy blue water and like water elementals floating around. And Please. the music kind of says you've found this secret place, you know, that's that's super cool. Um, so, I, yeah, from there and from there, I mean, like once the environments were in place, then I kind of started thinking about like, well, you know, what can I what can I do for quests, you know, that that suits these environments? So it was really iterative. Things just got built on i mean even the music like i didn't know i had an idea of what i wanted the lagoon to look like and how i wanted it to feel but i didn't know until i actually built it that what the music was going to be you know because once you build it and see it you go ah this track right here is, the, is what i need you know for it this is how i don't know everything just kind of comes together it's very iterative it builds on top of itself that's yeah i was i was wondering about that is because steven is a very when steven does something it's he has a an outline for his brain. And then there's some people that just kind of go, I imagine the color blue when I'm going to go from there. Well, it's, it was both, you know, so I had a really strong plan. I had a really strong game design, you know, planned out, but, um, game, game development in my experience is, is like this. You're the plan that you start with and the game that you ship are, are rarely, you know, the same thing because, um, it's, it's so iterative. you, you plan it out, you implement that, and it's like, yeah, you know what? That looked really cool on paper, and it's really not that fun on the computer. And then you, <laughs> so you iterate, you know, you go, you know what would make it fun, though, is if we added this other element that I didn't think of when I was staring at it on pencil and paper. 
and you add that element and it's like that's cool but you know what it needs now that <laughs> element really needs this other one to complement it just keeps building and it's like i said it's really game development is really iterative and that that's i think that's one of the reasons that you have game companies constantly you know it'll be ready in september and then, and then <laughs> they go, okay september's here what's going on oh uh, nothing uh, probably december would be better and <laughs> like, you know companies like blizzard they say what's the ship date and they say that it'll be done when it's done you know, those are yeah. the which, I like when they do that. Which two approach like out of those two approaches, which one do you guys appreciate more? The the it's gonna be out in September, oh wait, January, or do you do you like the blizzard um everything's in the dark until we say so? I don't know. I mean I yeah. guess there's a there's gotta be a happy medium, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I just wonder like for me it's I, I kind of prefer the blizzard method of hey, it's gonna be out in four months. You're like, oh great, uh versus like not oh, having your hopes dashed. Yeah, I don't know how many games I've been excited for that's been like, oh, eight months from now. How about that? I, think, I mean, I think the, you know, the, the reason I think is that traditionally you have um, the developer is uh, beholden to some, you know, publish some AAA publisher who's yeah. paying yeah. their their bills and their salary, and they, you know, they're going like, hey, uh, you know, instead of the developer saying like we're going to be done about this time, like the the AAA publisher says you're going to be done about October first, you know, and then, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and then the, the developer doesn't say like that's not possible. They say like sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They adjust their milestones and they go, okay, we they can cut meet. whatever corners. Yeah, yeah, and then they have their people working eighteen hour days for weeks. That's on exactly end. right. Yeah, yeah. I've got a story about that. Oh man! If you want to tell it, now's the time. (laughs) Yes. Well, so I mean, so I used to work. um, I used to work for a company that made a pretty large MMO. I I won't say the name. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The the, they had a a publisher. uh, Sorry, a producer on that title uh, who was fairly famous to people who played that game, and. um, the story goes that uh, the associate producer, the, the main producer had the associate producer go and put a schedule together. The executives had basically said like, okay, this this expansion cycle needs to be three months. So three months from now, we expect it to ship. And um, the uh, associate producer guy went and got estimates from all the leads and and uh, brought it, put it all in a schedule and like a, you know, like, timeline spreadsheet kind of thing and brought it to the the producer guy and the producer said um oh well this is five months or whatever you know we don't have five months we have three months i said well yeah you know what what do you want me to do and he said uh all right well um like did you factor in the crunch time he says what factor in the crunch time what do you mean that's supposed to be like for emergencies you know and (laughs) that's when we that's when we over when we overestimate or underestimate the time it's going to take no no that's it just factor in crunch time just like add (laughs) add you know 40 percent more hours or something to the schedule see how it works out then and so he did that and then it came out to like you know three and a half months or three and three quarter months or something like that it was still over budget basically and he said all right well you know i did that uh we're still a little bit over and he goes okay what do you want me to do he says okay just um that's fine. Just just uh, reduce the estimates that all the leads gave you on all the tasks. Just reduce them by the exact proportion so that it all fits into exactly three months. Oh, my God. It's like, well, what do you want me to tell them? Well, you don't got to tell them anything. Just do it. Holy <laughs> crap, man. And that's how they arrived at their perfectly planned schedule 
for the for that particular and, expansion. And that's, and that's when all when the employees die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, quit is a little bit softer, but yeah. Well, that particular expansion, I think most fans of that MMO, which I'm not going to say the name of, of course not, would um. <laughs> I mean, I've worked on a lot of large MMOs. You know, if you look at my resume, it could be any one of them. <laughs> right. Arguably, that particular expansion was the really when that game started to go downhill. And yeah. I think World of Warcraft came out around the same time or shortly after. Mm-hmm. I think that those two things really kind of put the the form the the former leader, you know, kind of in the toilet and um, and put World of Warcraft on top very quickly. Yeah, yeah. It, wow was happens. just a juggernaut, man. Like the the, fans, are, yeah. the like I know you said you're a fan. You like you love building worlds. Like as far as world building, Blizzard has done an incredible job of crafting uh, wow. something pretty pretty amazing. And it's it's been real hard to take down. I don't know if it ever will be. Uh, I mean, I'm sure its time will come, but it'll probably be another Blizzard property taking it down. It's like, what's gonna defeat Windows XP? I don't know. It's a juggernaut. <laughs> Windows 7. Windows <laughs> yeah. 7, that'll do it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I mean, Windows? Warcraft, like, I could, I could just explore Warcraft for, yeah. it's so good. It just, I don't even, you know, I, literally, you can just walk around and explore and have fun. Like, the first time I got to some of the, the areas playing that game, you know, the first time you reach some of the zones, just, like, single tier, you know. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Another I'm, photo. I'm there, man. Like anytime, like, and that's that's one of the things I love about games like yours is you you have environments to explore. There are things to see. There are little crevices the and colors. The co- like the colors. Of, I think I I wax poetic about this every time I play the game. But the the colors in Tanzia, like you said, every area's got like a very specific feel. And now I realize some of that's the music, but some of it's just the the color scheme that you use in it. <laughs> I, like, a, I don't know what it is. It just makes me feel like squishy when I go into some areas, and makes me feel, you know, homicidal when I walk into a village. There was a <laughs> one, there was a fellow who played the game on YouTube. He said uh, he said I love the look of this. I like my games to look like games. Yeah, that's yeah. Like it's it's kind of like it's it's like bubbly, and I I don't possess the vocabulary to do what I'm doing, and I've had a glass of wine, so it's, it's even like worse. You're a, it's like you're a six-year-old, and you see, you see the, the the colorful pictures on the box as you're just unwrapping the wrapping paper, right? And yes! you, you don't know what it is, but you know it's fun. Yeah, I, It's like the JCPenney catalog when you were little, and you were circling all the toys you want. <laughs> yeah, right? You're circling all, circling all the brightly colored ones, and I don't know what this does, but it sure looks cool. You know, the turtles killed me. I didn't know what they did. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I made them really brightly colored. I really maybe shouldn't have. <laughs> Apologize. No, but I think that's one thing, man, you, when, you're, when you're making a game is to chase the fun, right? Like, it can be as gorgeous as you want it to be, but if it's not fun, you, you lose. So you definitely, you know, knocked it out of the park from everything I've read. Again, I haven't played it because I'm a bad person. Who You've should... watched me play I've it. watched you play it, though. Yeah, and it looks super, super awesome. And, uh, there's a there's a French article that um when trans I translated it from French and it it, it referred to the graphics as um retina burning. <laughs> oh, and you're I like, oh, I good. Don't know how well, that translated, but yeah, retina burning. Exactly what you were going for, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. M- right. Much worse in the original French. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. You you um secretly they have a deal with every optometrist in the <laughs> world. You're welcome. 
retina burning. I would take that as a compliment. Yes, it is very bright and beautiful. Uh, burns my retinas. No, that's that's fantastic, man. Well, I know we've been on we've been on for about an hour. I didn't want to keep you guys too long, but this has been a wonderful conversation. Uh, thank you for letting us into your world. I'm actually going to ask you a couple questions that came in from the chat. Uh, we're just going to take the top. Let's do the top two here. Um, that came in if yeah, you don't had mind. A yeah. Uh, what were some bit? They shifted as soon as I started to ask the first one. <laughs> Who voted at the very end? You guys, come on. Uh, what were some big speed bumps you had during development? Just like if you have a couple. Uh, I don't know, Matthias. You... M- making the game. <laughs> well, that, that that quest you like the the crab quest. That, yes. that that one was a was horrible to make because. Everything broke about it. Every every single time we thought it was fixed, something else was broken. The crabs were going everywhere. They they will disappear. They will go into inside the rocks. They will go into the sea. They will just go away. They will follow you, and we have to remake that quest. I don't know, maybe ten times. I don't know. Maybe it's broken now. I don't know. <laughs> but that that was like a that quest. That took us way longer than than that it was supposed to. I call that the the duck duck do, goose quest because I go and tag all the crabs and then run like a mofo. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the way to do it. That's, that's a good strategy. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the crab whistle is garbage. And that's what you. I, I remember the first time I played it. I was using the whistle, and I feel like you guys were watching me. Like Jesus watches his followers, going, "Oh." <laughs> Silly things. <laughs> no, we just laugh at people who use the whistle the first time. We just we laugh and laugh. It's like so awesome. We told him to use the whistle you and he's did. using the whistle. <laughs> this is hilarious. We told them the instructions jerks. and they followed them. <laughs> the instructions we gave him, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Weirdos. Also also the boat. The the boat broke a few times too. We have to fix it because uh, it, people will fall fall uh, fall from uh, Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. You're fine. <laughs> I, can't, I can't speak anymore. <laughs> it's too late here. Uh, people will fall, fall from it. So we have to like rebuild the invisible walls and everything just to, for people not to fall. And people will find ways to break everything. So If you fall off the boat, you are not in Tanzia anymore. You're like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're That's not awesome. in the game anymore. Like, you, you don't exist. I love that we're we're listing out things for people to try. As soon as they buy the game, <laughs> get off the boat. Just go into the other world. It's going to be great. Um, One of my favorite things to do when I realized that I could do it was go aggro all the bees and then run into the fun little bubble. And oh, then yeah, that's have awesome. Them all. I'm yeah. just like, oh, I can kill them all. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff like that where, we, we mean, we tried to come up with stuff like that on a regular basis like the the crabs quest was you know like we're gonna tell them to use this stupid whistle and see if they figure out that they can do it way faster by just hitting all the crabs and running and the, yeah, the, bee, the bubble in the lagoon is like let's see if anybody figures out that they can just smash stuff into this bubble it was beautiful that's awesome i love that you put that stuff in there like there's more than one way ha 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 yeah <laughs> you reward creative people that's so cool you know, it's funny that that guy I was telling you about, uh, uh, Capital Vices, uh, Taylor. Taylor. He he would find them all immediately. <laughs> Apparently, he was a big EverQuest player, and um, he was telling me like some of the stuff that he did in EverQuest, and he was the same kind of player as me. He just looked for like the super exploity, 
crazy things to do, like ways to break it that the, the designers never anticipated. And smart people. he he would find all the exploits in tanzia like immediately he was playing really early so like the game was still in development and we'd add you know new level and he would go in and like immediately be pulling everything in the zone (laughs) and like killing them all with some exploit it was that was fun i bet that was so cool to watch you're like please look at this guy breaking our game but kind of (laughs) in the way we intended i don't remember if ashley ever combined uh you ever combine Mako's Rage, the potion, and then with, the with Fire Totem? So I remember the I slowed down. I did three potions at once. I slowed down time. I I think I increased like how fast I could cast, and I did one other thing to beat one of the the guys in the village. Uh, yeah, probably you probably did do then. Mako's Rage plus Fire Totem is all you really need. You can throw the you can throw haste in there. The the time slowing potion in there too if you want, but. I had died yeah, but, 50 times at that point, so I just kind of right. shotgun. <laughs> that uh, Taylor from Capital Vices pulls the whole village and kills everything without slowing time, without totems. It's crazy stuff. Oh my yeah. god! How? You, guys, you just have to watch it. I'm telling yeah. you guys, he used to he used to do mass kiting in EverQuest, which is what I designed the the mechanic after, and you know he just knew exactly how to get in there and do it. He's, it's on. If you go to his channel, he's actually got a. A highlight of that clip, but I'm gonna have to have yep, a conversation. I'm going there. Like, but with the with Mako's rage, though, you can throw down like twenty or thirty totems, and then it's just like Armageddon. There's just fireballs <laughs> everywhere, and <laughs> anything that spawns immediately disintegrates. That's so and it, cool. It's crazy because most people don't ever find that exploit unless you tell them about it explicitly. But like as the designer, it seems so obvious. You know, it seems like oh, everybody's gonna get this immediately. Yep, it's I'm like a bonehead, right, dude. Yeah, it's like writing a murder <laughs> mystery, man. Like yep, you know who you know who the the killer is, and you're convinced, like, oh, they're gonna totally see that yeah. breadcrumb, and they're not. That's a perfect analogy. That's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, they're never gonna guess it. You're gonna convince yourself, like, there's it's not buried enough. I have to hide it more. You can right. never hide it yep. from yourself, right? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah. The first time I gave the game to Matthias, when you know, when when we first uh, started working together, I gave them a game to Matthias, and he's like, I don't get any of this, you know. And I'm like, it's so obvious. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why it's hard to write instruction manuals or documentation because you're like you you you're looking at it from the perspective of somebody who already knows. So you really have to like dumb yourself down and be like, I don't know anything about this level, even Thanks, though I built it. Steven. You know what? <laughs> what what did I say? No, it's you do. You dro- yeah, it's it's absolutely right. You're dropping all these obscure little hints and stuff, and you're oh, people are gonna get this right away, and they're. People aren't getting your obscure little hints, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's like uh, I re- recently read a blog post from Ron Gilbert um, who actually quit playing Octopath Traveler. Um, I don't know if you guys have had, had time to play it, but uh, it's on the Switch. And he had to quit playing it because he was like, I got to a boss that just kills me left and right. I can't get past it, and I've given up because I don't have the time to die again and again and again and again. And discussing like the challenges of hint systems. You know, because he was a big adventure game designer and, like, how to make it so the things you think are obvious might not be obvious. So here's the little little trick and when to give those hints, you know? Mm. So it's a lot. It's, it sounds a lot like the, the same, it's, the same yeah, kind of idea. It's a, fine, it's a fine line. You just, to find that line where you're not giving too much away mm-hmm. uh, and yet it's not so obscure that nobody gets it. It's, it's harder to find it than you think. Yeah, you don't want the challenge to beat out the fun. I guess it's part of it. You play Dark Souls for challenge. 
You know, he plays some <laughs> games just to have fun. And then some games, like Dark Souls can be in the middle if the challenge is the fun. Like, you know. I play depends. Raising Children for, for challenges. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. As an adult gamer who's also a father, I don't have time to, to like, God of War. I played it on normal, and I was like, ah, I'm bumping this down to easy mode. Like, forget it. I just need the story. And I want to throw this axe around. And that was this perfect. That's why I haven't had children yet. That was everything I ever <laughs> wanted in my life. It's, it's like, I Matthias, are you in the U.S.? Out of curiosity, you said it was late. Uh, no, I mean, I'm in Chile. Oh. oh, international call. This is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it there out of curiosity? Uh, 11 p.m. Oh, my oh. gosh. We need oh, you, guys didn't, you guys didn't know that this was long distance? Well, I know it's ten cents a minute. Guys. The, inter- the internet just makes that not matter anymore. I remember when you had to pay for stuff like that. That was that was bad. So I have one last question from the audience. I want to ask before we we close down with you guys. Um, what advice do you have for two dorks in a garage that are thinking about making a game? What would you tell someone? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of the advice I expected for some reason. I'm not sure why. <laughs> Just get your accounting degree. Get a job. <laughs> I don't think we could end on a better note than uh, the don't make <laughs> get a job and get an get an accounting degree so you can work in a normal desk job. No, this is super good, man. I I cannot. I'm so thankful you guys were able to come on the show. And hang out with us for a little while and talk about the game and and just what you make in general because these have been some really amazing stories. Yay! <laughs> so we certainly appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun talking to you guys. Uh, thank yeah, you for having thank us. Thank you for making time. You guys are fantastic, and I love both of you. Yeah. Do, <laughs> do you have anything you wanna you wanna promote besides the game, or or just want to tell people where they can find it? I'll leave that to Matthias. <laughs> well. You can you can find the game on the eShop. You can search for Tansia if you if you don't see the link. We have the link on the on our Twitter channel, and and it's it's on Steam too, but it's on early access. So uh, we're gonna finish it and let you know on our on our channel when it's done. Awesome, Yay. awesome! And you can go to uh, playtanzia.com for more info yeah. on both those things. Right? Cool. So you guys have been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll let you both have your evening back. You are great. And we'll we'll talk to you another time. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Here. I know. So that, ladies and gentlemen, was Matthias and Jason from Tanzia Arcanity Inc. Again, that website's playtanzia.com if you want to check out the game. That was a super fun interview. I learned a lot about game development. Ashley, did you learn a lot about game development? I'm just like still geeking out over uh, Matthias and his his like kind of German-ish accent, like like German Argentina. It was really cool. <laughs> it was fantastic. I yeah. I had a great time talking with him. We've learned a lot. We've had a great time, but we we're both we we're both hot. We both had some wine. <laughs> I'm a little tipsy. Hmm. <laughs> hey, man, if you like this show, uh, you're going to like Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, which is a show you should also tune into from Two Dorks. Uh, but, man, share this far and wide, creatorcrush.com. Uh, you can find all the interviews and stuff there that we've done so far. Um, I don't know that we have anybody to tell you that's coming up next week, but we will. And when Jury we do, agreed. He said he would go for it. I just need to confirm. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. So yeah. if we're if if things work out, we'll have Justin Robert Young on the show, uh, comedian, podcaster, 
super, super cool dude, political commentary-ist. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. But man, until next yeah, time. Yeah, let us know who you would like to see, too. Hit us up and tell us the people you love and the people you want to talk to. And Yeah. Yeah, do that. Uh, creatorcrush at gmail.com if you would like to email us. Uh, if you have any questions for our future guests, you can do that. Um, thank you guys, everybody who tuned in and asked questions. You guys are amazing. And with that, we will see you guys next time right here on Creator Crush. <laughs> <laughs>